Welcome to a Silver Lined Relaunch. And today, everyone, you are in for a treat. I have the truly incredible Allison Armstrong with us, and she has been really influential in my life. And I've taken her courses. I've learned so much from her, but today is the first day that I have had the pleasure of actually being with her and getting to know her even more. You're listening to The Silver Lined Relaunch, and I'm your host, Hilary DeCesar, award-winning entrepreneur and transitional coach. Each week, I'll invite you to tune into inspirational stories, revealing how you too can turn ordinary experiences into the extraordinary. Feeling stuck? I'll share step-by-step strategies to fuel your ability to experience a life where silver linings are both abundant and possible. For those that don't know you, they soon will get to know you very well. And it's new people are going to end up, you know, meeting you today and hearing your story. And that's my biggest thrill is like, I literally think I am like the queen of networking, introducing people. And so I'm just excited to be able to share you now with the audience. So as we go through this, I want to make sure that you are in a position that you can share as we all do. We all share on social media. We all share within our courses But a lot of times we get only a small amount of time to do it. We don't get a chance to really go into the true impact. And today is about sharing that with my audience, with your audience, and being able to really see the silver linings that are sometimes when you're going through things are really hard to see. So can you share with us your most significant relaunch and how you, how you are doing? Wow. Um, it's a perfect time, Hillary, to be talking to you about this because today it would be 22 months since Greg suddenly abandoned his body mm-hmm. and profoundly altered my life. And if you'd asked me two years ago, like, what is the centerpiece of my life? I would have said, my mission. I've been mission driven since I was even a girl. Um, Everything is organized around the mission. My marriage is organized around supporting my mission. I, I would have said that, that it's that my work, my mission, what I'm here, a messenger for, that's the centerpiece. And, and so I was shocked when Greg died because he was organized around supporting me and fulfilling my mission, right? So that it, was a, it wasn't even like a private thing that I thought. He would say the same thing. And I remember when I asked him, you know, I said, like, what's your purpose in life? And he said, well, my purpose is to support your purpose. Mm-hmm. And, and I said, don't, don't you want a bigger purpose? Mm-hmm. <laughs> in true Greg fashion, he said, have you followed you around lately? and so you know it just felt like we were organized right around my work and my work has existed you know we're like 40 years into it 
Um, and I, I was stunned. I was absolutely stunned um, to have this combination of, you know, a heart attack out of nowhere, no clues, no indications, no anything that we thought that would happen. And moments later, he's gone, but he's not really gone. Um, I could, I literally could feel his exhilaration. And, you know, we're people who I would think of something totally off the topic and he'd start talking about it, right? Or he'd ask me a question and it was something I was just thinking about bringing up to him. So we had this kind of connection, but when he left his body that I could literally feel him go, basically going, Wee! <laughs> he was just, oh, he was ecstatic. He was just ecstatic to not be tied to earth anymore. But what happened to me was I found out how much he tied me to earth. You know, that he, he really was gravity. And I, I used to call him, you know, the guy holding the kite string, keeping me out of the electric lines and the trees. But I thought it was just like a kite string. I didn't know it was the entire foundation that kept me rooted and clear and knowing who I was and just knowing, knowing, knowing who I was. You, and, were, you were married for how long? How long did you know? Greta? We were married for 26 years. We were together for 27 and a half. Oh. And basically my, what to me was my adult life. I, I was 30 when I met Greg. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so it, uh, it was, I didn't mourn in the traditional sense because he was very present Right? He was a musician and I'd be upset about something and literally a song would appear in my head that was addressing exactly what it was that I was upset about. And he listened to music all the time, right? all these different kinds of music, right? Besides playing. And I would, I mean, just messages and people and people who would call me and say, um, Greg's been talking to me. <laughs> and and I, about every hour he says, keep taking her backpacking, keep taking her backpacking, keep taking her backpacking. So I'm calling you from London before I go into the Swiss Alps to say, okay, when are we going backpacking? Right? I mean, all these things, you know, someone would say, Greg sent me this movie. You know, Greg appeared to me and said, I have to do this. Greg, I mean, someone was like, they were on the phone with the staff and they heard Greg's voice. You can do this. Right? I, mean, I mean, it just, he, he really was everywhere. And and so I couldn't mourn the way that people are, you know, when they think someone's lost from the universe, that they, there's sort of a, I don't know, kind of total abandonment or something. It took me a long time to figure out how to grieve his physical absence, mm -hmm. um, the loss of his physical affection, right? His attention, his, his amazing way of listening to me and his willingness to ask me my favorite questions, which is something I, I teach people, like find out the other person's favorite questions and quit asking them, how are you? <laughs> That's very few people's favorite question. And so he would ask me, you know, what's it like to be you now? Because he knew I was transforming almost every day. So he would ask, what, 
So what's it like to be you now? Or is there anything you want me to know about you? Right. And so all these things that I had completely taken for granted, didn't know how much they had me be me. Right. Even though we found out if we were apart for six days, I felt like the guy in the back to the future photo, like I would feel like I was fading. Do you know, there was just something about us together. He was this amplifier for me. And um, so discovering that while having him present and then this crazy thing that I didn't expect, which was <laughs> for my son, God bless my son. The way he put it was, mom, grief is an aphrodisiac. Because <laughs> I like, okay, I've been married for almost 30 years, which means I've had a diet of regular sex, dependable, uh, <laughs> satisfying, um, <laughs> joyful, lovely, wonderful. My body is accustomed to certain right. rhythms and regularities. And now I'm, I thought that, I thought that as a widow, you got like a, like, like the dressing in black, you had like a year of protection, right? Like a year of immunity. And here I am, like. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. So this is so fabulous. This is so you, you again. You wanted the real story. <laughs> okay. So here's the, here's the interesting thing. So as you're going through this, and we are so going to jump into this because this is so unbelievably interesting and people really want to hear it. But as you're going through this and you've been married, you know, you were married 26 years, you had, you know, were with him 27 years. So 27 and a half years, mm -hmm. he was, you know, he, he, you know, that, that phrase, he completes you, you two were literally like finishing sentences doing, you know, so, so connected. Yeah. And in love right up to the last moment. Like and just before the heart attack hit him, I was thanking him for all the things he decided I need that he was right about for knowing I needed to have two daughters for being a brilliant father for, I mean, I, that's, we, we were in love right up to the last moment. So you were there when it happened and you were when it, when you now can look back, you're like, God, I couldn't have, I couldn't have in the last 24 hours said anything more to him because it sounds like you really were able to just constantly, you were constantly in that state of gratitude and appreciation of him. Well, I wouldn't say constantly because if you, <laughs> you know, watched any of the hundred hours of online videos or umpteen things on YouTube, he was my main lab rat. So anytime I felt out of love with him, <laughs> sometimes to the extreme, like, hello, I don't even want to know you. <laughs> um, I would reverse engineer it. I would unpack it until I could get to what caused that break in affinity or respect or admiration. And how did we get back to it? Mm -hmm. So I fell in love with him probably a thousand times, which means I fell out of love with him. A thousand times and I and and all my work is what did I discover from that incident of being furious with him so so no it, nothing's constant it's interrupted 
right? It's like a pencil line under a microscope. It's not solid. Right. It's constantly interrupted. It's just how fast do you get back? And and that's over the 30 years that we almost that we were together, which I met him two weeks after I stopped emasculating men. Um, talk about a relaunch, right? When I gave up the right to diminish men and and made a list of what I really needed in a man, right? This is this is I called it a description of my lifetime playmate. You know, that was the relaunch in 1991 that Greg showed up in. Right? Two weeks after, two weeks after you decided. Oh, that's so yeah. great. Yeah. That's so great. I want to, I want to talk to you about something because it's really, okay. I, I think that for um, our generation, we all are experiencing, unfortunately, loss. And I know that I um, just over a year ago lost my mom uh, to a year long battle with cancer, came out of left field super, super challenging. And what I want to ask you is you, I, I also feel my mom's presence. She was my best friend. I talked to her five times a day. She was um, single. So I felt even, you know, more obligated just to want to connect and be there for her, not obligated, but I, I felt the need that I really wanted to make sure she was doing okay during the day. And in the evening when people, lose the, um, the, the, the human form, right. And then they have the, the, the spiritual side. And for those that aren't quite at that point where they're like, okay, what, you know, what, what are you talking about with that? How do you, um, how do you get yourself through the fact that that human presence Cause that's sometimes where I'm like, yeah, I have the vision of my mom. I can go, I can talk to her when I'm driving in car. I mean, we have long conversations, but I still crave, I still just so wish I could just get a big hug from her. Right. How do you get through those times? Um, they don't happen very often now. Um, Partly because, well, in the beginning, okay, how about, there's so many different people who contributed to this. Um, the work of Christina Rasmussen and her book called Second Firsts and her other book called Where Did You Go? Um, and the soundtrack that she created for her life entry program, which whenever I was overwhelmed by grief, I would go write in my grief journal, like she said, <laughs> and then I would put in the soundtracks and, and literally rewire my brain, reset my brain from the fear and the loss that, that has a profound effect neurologically. So um, her work made a huge difference. And then I also got connected with Suzanne Eastman, who is an extraordinary evidentiary medium. And, and so in having a session with her, which she has like a four-year waiting list, it was just a miracle I got to be with her. I, I, got to, I got to be with Greg, literally for 40 minutes. This was about four months after he died mm -hmm. and got to get validation of the things that I had experienced and that I, in fact, was not crazy that that's amazing that, yeah because i 
felt him touch me. Mm. I felt him touch me. He was a body worker. He was a Reiki master. And I would wake up in the morning as if I'd, as if he'd worked on my body all night. I didn't have a single ache or pain for a month after he died. And I had aches and pains every day. He, he always was working on me, you know, he, he got certificated in all these things to work on me. I was his only patient. And, and he validated that, that he could see everything. He could hear everything. He could touch me. The only thing he couldn't do was feel me, that it was um, like a pane of glass between he and I. So I could feel him, but he couldn't feel me. And I had the experience of one time just really wanting to hold his hand and just reaching my hand out, just reaching my hand out and waiting. And my hand started to tingle like it was in another realm, if you will. Like I felt it go through the veil and then I felt him pick up my hand. Mm. And so, yeah, so these things that um, really, the veil, if you will, is so thin. Do you know um, that heaven on earth is not just a concept like that heaven and earth <laughs> are really close together. And, and Suzanne Giesman has a fabulous video on YouTube that's called, what are our loved ones doing now? Or what are my loved ones doing now? Mm -hmm. And it's, so I just encourage everybody to, to watch it because when you transform your relationship to death, you transform your relationship to life. And I was never afraid of death ever. And the first thing Greg said was, um, through Suzanne was, he actually said, um, I wished you had died instead of me, because then you'd know everything you think about death is true. Ah, oh, that's so great. Yeah. And that is great. And I love so great. And, about and so that, I, that thin veil. Yeah, thin. it's very, very thin. They really your mom really that, that that idea that since they're watching over us they really are and it's affected my life so much because from time to time you know greg was 11 years older than me and so he would say when i die you know i want you to be married again and you know when the kids were little it made sense right and then as we got older I'm like why why do you want me to do that and because i wasn't sure i wanted to be married again right and he'd and he said, well, I want you to be taken care of and I want you to be touched because you know how much I needed that. So, but I thought I was going to be 81 when he died, not 58, right? <laughs> I just thought, he, I don't know, it's a hallucination I had, but I lived as if 81, it's such an interesting, I thought I was going to be 81. I thought I was going to be 81 because I was, you know, 31. And I said, you know, if I'm going to marry you, I want 50 years. You got to give me you gotta uh, 50 years. And I was pissed at him, you know, like, no, you owe me 23 more years. And about a year ago, I realized I'd been looking for a 23 year replacement. <laughs> <laughs> Are you going to fill in for Greg for 23 years? And I, and I was measuring men by, does he have 23 years in him? No, he's too old. He won't. But at least we're not going back to like, you're looking for a 23 year old man. So this is okay. We're okay with this, that we want 23 years. It's <laughs> like, so, so does he have? <laughs> But he, what Greg did, and this may sound really weird, but you want the real story. He started sending men, and I'm I'm not kidding. He's he, this, 
about two weeks after he died. This is that grief is an aphrodisiac. This is so funny. I'm like, okay, yeah, we're finally getting here. Yes, everyone, we are getting here. We are going deep now. We are getting here. And so so someone who's done the understanding women course with me five years before got an email about our, what we call the horse course. It's called a core partnership. And his reaction to that email was, I got to go see Allison. And he's an international businessman. His schedule's crazy. He had to go through all these prerequisites to come to that course. And my staff kept offering for him to back out because there was no way he was going to get it all done. And he he pulled it off because he just kept thinking, no, I got to go see Allison. I got to go see Allison. And so he shows up in Canada at this course and he says, I don't know what I'm doing here. <laughs> Did you look at it? I do. <laughs> well, well, the first thing that happened the first evening, he was talking, and this bolt of energy I'm not exaggerating, this is like a sun came out of his body and hit me in the chest and like made a crater in my chest. And it felt like it felt like a sort of like a snake or a dog. That way they go, they circle around and, and then go to sleep. It felt like something was taking residence in my chest. And it, it turned out it was Greg. <laughs> and it was just pure joy, which is one of the ways to describe who Greg really is, his joy. Well, the end of the course, he's asked me out to dinner. I have, <laughs> I make him dinner instead because I have a really weird diet. And he just sits down and he says, okay, I'm an atheist. And there's a voice in my head that keeps saying, take care of her, take care of her. So I'm going to take care of you. <laughs> it's just like, okay, well, that would be Greg. And, uh, and he was only married again. And he always thought he should be married to a rich man. And this was a very rich, man <laughs> like so okay are you a car guy too oh my gosh so right. <laughs> I mean he's like just like ticking these boxes right and then and then he even said to me he goes I just think I'm supposed to make love to you for Greg <laughs> this is so good <laughs> Well, okay, thank you. I've been waiting for that. Okay, wait, wait. How long after Greg passed is this happening? <clears throat> it was three months. It was what? Three, three and a half months. Three and a half. Three, three and a half months. Yeah, three and a half months. And he wasn't the first man that Greg sent. <laughs> it was the second, but the the, the first one was nah, he was a non-starter. And like, honey, hello, take note of these things. And Greg was like, okay, I can improve. And then when it didn't turn out with that man, he, the next man, he like was, okay. So everything that didn't work with that, okay. So that guy didn't choose you. Here's a guy who's choosing you from the first place. But then that didn't work out. So there's like, okay, so that guy didn't do this. So how about this? <laughs> and Dan, who I've been with for six months, you know, Greg was a car guy and we called him the parking king. Uh -huh. And so so where did Dan and I meet for the first time, right? Uh, at a car dealership where he had just bought a car. Um, what, did I, what did I do? I drove Greg's car to meet him at that car dealership. And I pull up to a parking place right in front. 
like, thank you, honey. I got it. I got it. You picked them out. These, let's see how you did this time. <laughs> I mean, I this, is the ultimate, this is the ultimate matchmaker right here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's really sweet because, because the list that I made when I was almost 31 years old only has one thing in common with the list that I made at 59 years old. There's only one thing in common because I'm not the same person. Okay. You've got to tell us what that one thing is. Thinks I'm beautiful and tells me so often. Oh, that's really sweet. Yeah. But then everything else is different. Everything else is different. Everything else is different. And because I'm different. Mm -hmm. And I'm actually taking this month, part of my work is to heal my relationship with Greg because he outdid himself. And things that drove me crazy about Dan, I mean, about him, what things that drove me crazy about Greg, Dan is the opposite of. Mm. And, and I mean, he really like outdid himself, like to the willingness of me to be so pissed at Greg for how many things I got used to over 30 years, how many things I put up with. And accept in the past, yeah, that in retrospect, I wish I hadn't because it didn't serve, it didn't serve him and it didn't serve me, right? And, and Dan's awesome because, because I like, can I tell you a Greg thing? I'll say, sure. And then I'll tell him something uh-huh. and he'll say, I'm, I'm sorry that happened. <laughs> it's just really sweet and really kind. And from the very beginning, I, like something you need, first conversation, something you need to know about me is I am a married widow. My husband is still part of my life. <laughs> he's meddling. He he's still me. he's still giving me content. <laughs> he's still doing the content thing for me. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so the thing about not missing hugs, like you know, sometimes just wishing for that physical touch. You no, know, no, Greg took care of that. <laughs> you know, I needed it, so he got <laughs> someone else to provide it, and he's been selfless about it, um, which is part of who he is. He just loves me. He's just, the thing he used to say is his favorite thing about me was that I let him love me with his whole heart. Mm. That's beautiful. He still does. Yeah. Well, there is a, um, a memory that I have of my mom that reminds me of the thin veil. And that is we went away to a place called the golden door about a month before my mom passed. And I knew she was going to pass. And we had talked about going there for 20 years and there was always a reason we didn't go. So we went and it was during a time where there was a lot of butterflies around. And I, for some reason have this, you know, very big draw to butterflies. So we're walking and my mom's kind of, she had, she ended up getting cancer all over herself. So she had a cane and we were walking along and these butterflies were flying. And I said, mom, when you come back, come back as a butterfly. But here's the thing, mom, make sure I know it's you. Like make it obvious. Literally, mom, hit me in the face that I'll know it's you. And we both started laughing and everything. So about six months ago, um, my husband, E and I were on a hike and this butterfly, I mean, came straight at me 
like almost <laughs> in the head. And then E is watching this. Then the butterfly goes right at him, almost hits him. And I look and I'm like, that's my mom. And he said, he said, I think it is. I think. And then all of a sudden the butterfly goes out again and comes straight back at me. And I mean, follows us for like 10 minutes and just kept like dive bombing. This is a butterfly. So I agree with you. The veil is thin. And yes, I've done the same with, I used to fly with my mom when we'd always hold hands just as we were taking off. I think she was actually afraid of flying. And so I'll put my hand out when I'm starting to fly and I can feel her, like I can feel the tingling too. So I love that. But um, we got to get back to this whole thing about uh, aphrodisiac. I've got to, I've got to ask oh, this. You're just fascinating. Okay, good. Well, I think it's, I think it's so incredible that again, Greg is, is giving you a new content to take, you know, into your massive audience out there. He's giving you this. I mean, you're radiating for those that aren't, you're just listening. You can go to YouTube, watch this. You are radiating. I mean, it's like, it's incredible how, how beautiful you look and how calm and how present. And I have to ask you, for those that would love, you know, your silver lining is, you know, where you are now, you're in this wonderful relationship with Dan. What do you, how do you tell others that may not have Greg on the other side, helping them out? What do you suggest to others to try to get just even a little piece, a little piece of what you have going on? Um, well, since we're already in this realm and your process is heart and head and higher self, I love that. Um, the way I've expressed it for many years is that I live in a benevolent universe. And I think we all do. I think we live in a benevolent universe. And just as, you know, almost all men, are benevolent, incredibly generous, want you to have what you need, but they need the same thing that the universe needs. And that's, they need us to tell them what we need because otherwise their only option is to do what we do. And that's project what we need onto another person and provide it for them without asking. And then they usually get really upset. And at the very least they don't appreciate it. So, and this, that was my last fight with Greg, that he had decided what I needed and made a plan to provide it for me and was really mad at me that I didn't want what he'd made a plan to give me. And, um, for, you know, we worked it out before he died, but clarity, I, the way I say it is clarity is king. And so using what I loved about Greg, like I have a list of qualities that I'm, I really would rather be alone to be with someone who wasn't those qualities. And, and the things that I loved about him that he was and is that I needed so much of, like generous um, and affectionate, right? Those are on my list. And the things that if I'd been given the choice all over again to marry him, I would have said, no, I'm, I'm not going to remarry you because this drives me crazy. 
and you won't fix it. Um, so the opposite of those things are on my list. Like I know now what I know now, right? I've been studying men since 1991. I, what I know about what has relationships be brilliant. I can't unknow, right? And so one of the things on in my clarity um, was I want to be with someone who knows what I know. And Greg loved me and supported me and would sacrifice so many things for me to do my work, but he wasn't my best student. <laughs> and we would have the same kerfuffle again because he wouldn't take to heart and head what my best students implemented all the time and knew how brilliantly they worked. And so right there on the list knows what I know. And, and then I had to like evolve that generates knowing what I know. <laughs> and, and it was one of the first things that I said to Dan was I need to be with someone who knows what I know and I'm not going to be your teacher. Okay. What was his response? Um, he downloaded all the recordings from Audible of me and started listening. He started reading Keys to the Smart Kingdom. Man. <laughs> um, he just, he finished the Queen's Code last week and did things that Greg never did. He's, he's like, okay, so at the end of chapter three and Claudia says this thing to mm. about Karen and I didn't really understand it. And she's like checking with me. I'm in tears because he's checking with me about my work, about my book, mm. right? And oh my gosh, right? And, and so this, whether you have a Greg or not, we all have histories that showed us what we really need and showed us what we really need to not be there. Like, you know, what we, what we can't live with and what we can't live without. What, or the phrase I use, I would rather be alone than be with someone who wasn't that way. And I know I would rather be alone <laughs> because one of the gifts from Greg was he left me alone. I'd never lived alone before he died, not in my whole life. And one of the things on my list is I'd rather be with a man than be with one who needs to be married and needs to live together full time because I don't want to. <laughs> I need a lot of alone time and I didn't know it. Until, until I was in my 50s, it was when I got a smidgen of a view of how much alone time I needed. And I, I mean, I was quarantined for 26 days last year with COVID. At the end of the quarantine, I wasn't done being alone. <laughs> Isn't that interesting what you just yeah. said? Yeah. So I just, so, so everything, use everything to create clarity and then when once you're clear commit to it have what is non-negotiable and really treat it as non-negotiable and as dan and i have interacted from the very beginning it's like no i would really rather be alone you're wonderful and i'd rather be alone than have this in my life so what you're going to do and it's fine if you don't want to change this because it's your life and this is the truth for me. And it's, 
Allison, and, and vice versa, right? I was going to say, has he been able to express the same way you're expressing what is important to him? Now that you're like, hey, this is this is what I need. This is who I am. Yeah. Oh, that's so wonderful. Yeah, there was something he said that he really wanted in his life. And I like, okay, so you want it? Like you just would like to have that? You desire it? Or are you unwilling to live without it? Like, could you go the rest of your life without that? And his answer was, I don't know. And which was kind of scary to me because what he was asking for, I, I'm like, I'm not built for that. <laughs> I have one USB port. <laughs> I'm a one-on-one -on -one person and I'm not real sociable. I don't like being out in groups. I don't. Right. And and I and so I'm like, do you need that? Because if I can't give you what you need, I don't get to keep you. Mm. That's how this works. If you can't give me what I need, you don't get to keep me. And if I can't give you what you need, I don't get to keep you. That's to me, that's love. That's being honoring of another person that you're not trying to have them get over what they really need. Right. And and when he said, I don't know, there's things he said, no, I don't need that. OK, good then we're not going to worry about that. Yes, I need that. Okay. Oh, this, yeah, I can do that. I'm gonna, I already know what I'm talking to my husband about tonight. I'm going to go down this path. This is so, I love this, but, the, but what Dan needed, hold on. What Dan needed, do you, was there anything that you really felt was like that moment of like, uh oh, yikes. What am I going to do here? Was there anything like that? I know that you said, you know, about, what was that? Well, five times there have been things that I needed that I'm like, this is a deal breaker. I love you and this is a deal breaker. And there are other th things that I know that he needs, right? He hasn't, I just watch how he lives his life. And his, he has three children, as do I, and his children are his number one priority. And I love that about him. He, he's what I call a Greg kind of dad, right? Because because of the kind of dad that Greg was. And so I I knew early on, I don't get to like be bitchy or whiny baby about his time with his children being a being the priority over me. I don't, I that's part of who he is. I love it about him. And I don't get to be all eh, about it. Like you, if you really loved me, you put me first. He really loves me and they're first. That's how it works. And I support that. And so things like if you watch someone, he has a friend who they've been friends since they were 12 years old. And his friend depends on him a lot. And they're things that he feels duty bound to provide. Well, his friend basically hates me. <laughs> I need him to keep his friend away from me. <laughs> which I said, if, if you need me to spend time with him, then we should stop now. This is, a, you know, a month into it. Um, but I need you to keep him away from me because he attacks me and my work. And that's not acceptable. My work is sacred. So if you can do that, we can keep doing this. And he's done it ever since. Like total separation. And um, which is beautiful and not easy to do, but I respect his friendship. I honor that. I'm not trying to stop it. 
he respects I need this person to stay away from me. So, I mean, there's been real stuff. And oh, this is real stuff. Yeah. I real, mean, real stuff. I, but and, I, I love what you're saying, though, because you're being very honest with who you are now. And that's, <laughs> I, I think that <laughs> that is such a, a, a great quality that we all, when we can really be honest with ourselves, you get to know yourself a lot better and you can trust that this is all for the better of you and the alignment is there. And so you're, you know, things, things start to open up. I, I love that. Okay. Now wait, we, we just, this is, <laughs> unfortunately it's time. It's time to start doing the rapid fire. And my okay. head is like, oh my gosh, so good. But okay. I do want to see if I can give rapid fire answers. I'm not okay. going for them. I, okay. I'm not a sound biter. Okay. But hold on. So you met Dan during COVID. When things lift, what is one thing that you're just so excited to do as a first with Dan? Um, we have a project that has different, like we call it trains across America because we, that's what we knew we could do this year. Mm -hmm. And then there's trains across the world mm. as, as the world opens up. But we just got back from two weeks in Costa Rica. So oh, nice. Yes. So we've already broken the international barrier in terms of travel. And he he loves to travel. And he's it was amazing to travel with him. Greg hated to travel. Oh, that is so awesome. Yeah. That is yeah. so great that you yeah. found someone who loves to travel now. Oh. Yeah. And I think the other thing is he has four sisters who adore him. And and that's that's probably one of the first things they have when it's really handled and they're not and we're not worried about anything it would be to meet his sisters mm, that's so nice okay and very important question you said that you made dinner for him the first night what'd you make um what did i make him the first night it probably was um a leg of lamb steak. Yep, it would have been a leg of lamb steak and a whole bunch of greens. And I don't know what I would have done. I don't eat potatoes or we'll rice. See, or that sounds pretty, like that. That sounds pretty yeah. darn great. And yeah. then let me ask you, what is your go-to poolside drink? A beverage, what would that be? Huh. Um, sparkling water with lemon or lime. Always, always a crowd favorite. And then, <laughs> and then what is your favorite beauty product by name? By name. Um, well, the name is a Vexapel. So E-V-E-X-I-P-E-L. And what they are, are phenomenal bioidentical hormones. Oh. Yeah, okay. which you wouldn't think of as a beauty product. Uh, but, no, but it makes sense. Yeah. I mean, estrogen is what makes our skin juicy, mm. right? And testosterone is what gives us focus and 
vitality and the ability to build muscles and libido and um and our you know i've studied so much what's natural for human beings like instinctually and our lives these days don't naturally cause us to build the hormones that make us feel great mm. our lifestyles basically deplete us of what would make us feel great so either we got to change how we live get a heck of a lot more sleep and puttering time and lights out and you know live with the dawn in the dark there's a whole bunch of things we need to do for our own well-being or how about we just have bioidentical replacement hormones? <laughs> well, we'll definitely link up to that in the show notes so that I, I, people can find out a lot more about that. But how can people find out more about you? Where can they go? Well, I think the purest place is just alisonarmstrong.com. Um because that's where everything is. That's where our books are, our online courses, um, chances to participate with me, because I I spend about 10 hours a month with the people who are in our online courses, just answering questions and clarifying and making sure that, you know, they've got everything situated in an empowering way. Um, I love interacting with our students and we put our most important stuff online um, by 2017. And if I led a weekend workshop, I might get to respond to questions for about two hours in an entire weekend. And that I get to do, <laughs> right? That I get to do like five months worth of answering questions every month. Um, it's a dream come true for me. I you can learn all the basics on your time and then I can help you implement them together. And, you know, implementation, as you know, is where it counts. What we know if it's not embodied and if it's not in our lives, it's, it's worthless. Mm. Well, we're going to leave it on that. That is awesome. And thank you so much for being on the show today. Just, no, we just covered so much and I know that everyone enjoyed listening as did I. It was fun. Thanks again. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Silver Lined Relaunch. If I said something today that resonated with you, will you please head over to iTunes right now and leave us a five-star review and share this episode with others and help them find the silver linings as well. And don't forget, you can have immediate access to the show notes, any giveaways, and the links to those amazing beauty products at therelaunchco.com backslash podcast. Until next time. There's always a silver lining, and now is the time to hit the reset button to relaunch those transitions into transformations. <laughs>